Hi there, it's Lucia, host of the Witch Money podcast here. Before we start today's episode, I just wanted to tell you about a really handy new tool from us here at Witch, and even better, it's free. It's called My Money Health Check. All you need to do is answer a few quick questions about your finances, and then we'll do the rest, pointing you towards our brilliant witch advice that we think you'll find really useful. Once again, that's My Money Health Checks. If you want help with cutting your bills or making your money go further, it's the place for you. Just head to witch.co.uk forward slash My Money Health Check. Welcome to episode 96 of the Witch Money Podcast, your weekly hit of money news and personal finance hacks to help make you better off. I'm Lucia Ariano and here's what's coming up this week. You put a thousand pound in on one player, he scores a goal at the weekend. I don't know if you watch football, but he scores a goal, gets a man in the match, and he's doubled his money. Like in like an hour later, it just seemed too good to be true. Honest, honestly, my legs went weak. The the issues surrounding football index is that it its cost base seems to rise very very quickly. But if they were in strong financial health, that seemed to change very suddenly. I mean, they were still saying that right up until the point that they closed the platform. This week, I'm handing over to our producer, Rob Lilly, for a special episode on the Football Index. It's the gambling company, or rather self-styled stock market of football, that collapsed last month, leaving its users at a loss, and in the worst cases, tens of thousands of pounds down. As we'll hear later on in the show, as Rob speaks with some of the people caught up in the chaos to find out what drove the scandal, and now what's being done in its wake. We are witch. It won't have escaped you that it's been a busy few days for football. And much like those involved in the European Super League proposals, this is a story with two key components. The people and their finances. But rather than big businesses and billionaires, this is about regular men and women from all walks of life. In this case, those involved invested, or rather bet, remember that correction, it'll be important, with the intention of getting more cash back than they put in. And they did so using their love of the beautiful game. And they're on the back foot here as Sergio Aguero goes hunting for more. The date is the 2nd of October 2015. 24 hours later, Manchester City striker Sergio Aguero would make history by becoming the first player in Premier League history to score five goals in just 20 minutes as his side beat Newcastle 6-1. But that Friday saw the launch of Football Index. Hello, I'm Kieran Maguire from the University of Liverpool, where I specialise in teaching football finance. So what is it? Well, I'll let Kieran explain. Yes, Football Index marketed itself as a disruptor to traditional gambling. Uh, Football gambling has increased in popularity uh, 
fairly exponentially uh, in in recent years. I think the the advent of mobile phone telephony and the the use of apps allowed uh, allowed gamblers to bet during games, which became very popular. Uh, football index tried to attract the the gambling market in in a different way by marketing itself as a quasi stock exchange and sort of adding to the the kudos trying to make itself look a little bit more sophisticated than traditional gambling still not quite sure here's adam he runs footballindextrader.co.uk i guess the the concept dreamed up by adam cole was that you have a a stock market of footballers really so the reason why uh, the platform became so popular was that a, a lot of people really engaged with that concept. I think that the idea behind Football Index and what attracted me and a lot of others is that you've got that kind of long-term appeal. Um, so you're you're trying to sort of uh, profit from investing in, in a player's performance over a season or more, uh, rather than just kind of frittering your £10 on whether the player's going to score a goal or not. If it isn't clear enough, users of the platform were encouraged to buy and sell shares in professional footballers, earning dividend payments depending on the player's performance and rising or falling value. These bets are long-term, with a share lasting for three years from the date you originally put down your cash. And this is a concept which attracted many. By the time the company fell into administration just last month, Football Index claimed to have half a million account users. One of them was Paul. He told me what first attracted him to the site. You put £1,000 in on one player, he scores a goal at the weekend. I don't know if you watch football, but he scores a goal, gets a man in the match, and he's doubled his money in like an hour later. It just seemed too good to be true. And I remember, I remember the first person I bought, Jaden Sancho. Holland, Royce, oh, brilliant football. Jaden Sancho bearing down on goal. And Jaden Sancho! This one will count. 66 minutes gone and Jaden Sancho gives Borussia Dortmund the lead. Now an England regular, Jaden Sancho is one of the country's best footballers. Exactly the sort of player that Football Index users would love to get hold of. He scores a goal, your dividend payouts improve, and he scores plenty of goals. I also spoke to Mel. She joined Football Index in the early days of the platform. I got involved. I think it was in around August 2017, so quite a long time ago. And what attracted me was really it was just the excitement of being able to add a different element to watching football. Um, I've always been a huge football fan ever since I was a kid. Um, and I was heavily into FPL, Fantasy Premier League, and I would put an occasional bet on at a weekend as well. Um, but that's always a fairly disappointing experience. Um, you kind of put money in and all you ever do is lose. Um, and I think I saw Football Index advertised perhaps on Facebook or on a social media feed. And this idea that you could you could put your money into um, individual footballers' careers and bet on something in the long term so that when you were watching matches, you had this other dimension to it where you were watching the players and thinking, well, if they if they perform well, um, if they score in this match, if they make the papers afterwards, I might get a payout. But it it was more than it was more than for the money, really. It was just for that kind of additional thrill, really. It just added another element to the game and and the, there was a whole community around it as well. So, yeah, I was involved for three and a half years. 
Now, it's no surprise that Mel first came across FI, as it's known to many of its users, through advertising. The company had an aggressive and expensive advertising strategy. She wasn't the only one. Even professional traders working in the finance industry wanted a piece of the action. This player didn't want to give his name, given his profession. When I first looked at it, I, I did have a few issues from a professional point of view of the spreads were quite wide. I, I wasn't really sure exactly how it how easy it was to sort of to trade your players. Um, and to be honest, I probably parked the bus on a few of my concerns because of a mixture of seeing people um, sort of having good returns, sort of enjoying the product and enjoying the fun of it, but equally the way the company presented themselves. Um, so they were, I mean, you could say calculated in hindsight or you, or, not, or just they were, they, they were negligent in others. Um, things such as the NASDAQ partnership they had. Now, again, from my day job, I'm very, very aware of NASDAQ. They power stock markets around the world and are a, a very, very serious player. The advertising, which was everywhere and in places that would have cost a bit of money, for example, Premier League games, advertising hoardings, the fact that they sponsored not one but two championship football clubs, all these things combined put on the impression that this was a product that was, first and foremost, financially sound, um, but secondly, was, was credible. Credibility was at the heart of the game plan for Football Index. The company spent what's understood to be six-figure sums sponsoring championship clubs Nottingham Forest and Queen's Park Rangers, for example. But the company were also very careful with the language they used too. Here's football finance expert Kieran Maguire again. The terminology used by Football Index did add a veneer of sophistication to what ultimately is a, is a, is a gambling scenario. Um, the, the gamblers were encouraged to call themselves traders. And if you look at social media, many of the people who have lost money uh, through Football Index uh, describe themselves as traders. The gambling payouts, the, the winnings, were described as dividends, and, and they were paid out um, on the basis of those players who had been most successful in terms of the, the algorithms that were used by Football Index. And um, gamblers, again, were encouraged to trade in players, where actually they were, they were gambling on their performances uh, during matches uh, and also their, their popularity in terms of media coverage and other uh, elements which went in to uh, determine the, the value of the players. So uh, it, it, was, uh, it, it was a strange, uh, strange organisation. Um, I think it's fair to say that it had a very devoted following amongst uh, those people who describe themselves as traders, many of whom are still adamant that it was actually a very worthy uh, form of uh, investing, or however you want to describe it in, in the football market, in the football industry. It just wasn't run particularly well. And, and I'm not necessarily convinced that that was the case. Now, to be fair to Football Index, they didn't hide the fact they were a gambling firm. If you went on their website, they made clear they were licensed by the Gambling Commission and not regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority, as investment firms would be. But listen to founder Adam Cole speaking on the Football Index podcast last year. I'll let you make your own mind up about what he says here. We are really on a journey to creating a 
fully functioning market in an alternative asset class. Now, I'm not sure I've heard many betting companies discussing alternative asset classes before. Here's our anonymous finance trader and football index user again. He uses these terms in his job every day. So what did he think about the language being used? Yeah, it now appears to be quite a sinister use of that language to try and make it seem more credible than than it was. Certainly made it seem or could have made it seem uh, credible and perhaps forget the gambling routes. It seems to have been used entirely as a process to make something seem more, more real and more legitimate than what it was. For many, though, whether Football Index was a gambling firm masquerading as an investment product isn't the main story. They argue it's one of betrayal and deceit. Until just a few weeks ago, you'd have been forgiven for thinking there weren't any problems at all. According to those we've spoken to, communications from Football Index to users of the platform led them to believe the company's fortunes were far from a concern – In July last year, for example, the company announced to its loyal following that more investment was coming, as well as outlining other changes coming to the platform. Paul, who we heard from earlier, acted accordingly. We got got the comms on the 13th of July, the day before my birthday, and I actually invested, as I said, about £5,000 on the back of that email that Adam Cole sent saying liquidity is coming, we've got it all in place, it's all happening. I thought, yes, this is too good to be true. I better get on the train before it rockets, because you say if it rockets. So I thought, I don't want to miss this boat and be left for nothing, so I thought, I best best get buying some players so I can be rich. (laughs) So I do feel duped, yeah, very much so. I also asked Mel what she made of the communications from Football Index. Yes, and this is the the part for me that makes me really angry about what happened because we were lied to by the company. We were we were given a succession of promises that encouraged people to either keep their money in or put more money in, um, but the promises were never delivered on. We were told that they were confident that they were going to expand into other territories. They talked about Germany. Um, they talked about how they were working in partnership with NASDAQ, which gave them a huge amount of credibility. Um, they talked about bringing in market makers to to underpin that um, the order book function. That never happened either. There were there were many times that they told us they're in really strong financial health, um, but if they were in strong financial health, that seemed to change very suddenly. I mean, they were still saying that right up until the point um, that they closed the platform. As with any story like this, you have to examine the wreckage and ask when things began to go wrong. Mel tells us more about how the platform began to change last year. When I joined, um, and for most of the time I was involved in Football Index, it was the case really that in the same way that you'd often see when you place a bet with the traditional bookmakers, you have a cash out option. So you, you place your bet and then you know you get halfway through the match and you think I'm, I'm winning and I'm just going to cash out at this point and, and kind of... Football Index had that option for a long time. You could you could basically sell back your bet at a point in the in the footballer's career, and you wouldn't get as much as you put in in the first place, but you get you get a fair amount back, and that gave the platform an additional level of safety, I think, and that's one of the key reasons why people felt that they could put quite a lot of money in, because there was always that option on the table that if you needed to get that money back out, you could instant sell your share, your player back to Football Index and they will give you your money back. When COVID hit last year in March, um, 
I think they probably worried that everybody was going to want to take their money out at that point. So they turned off that function. Um, and at that point, I presumed that that would be for a short period of time. And I guess others did as well. But they never turned it back on. And what they moved towards after that was that if you wanted to get your money back, you had to sell your bet on to another person, to another trader on Football Index. And that really changed the dynamic because it meant that that level of safety had gone. They'd removed their liabilities from that, which obviously from a company point of view is probably a good thing for them. But it, for the for the individual users of Football Index, it made things feel a lot more risky um, because you had to find somebody else that was prepared to buy back your bet. And perhaps the reason you wanted to sell your bet on was because you weren't winning. So, yes, it, it became much more difficult last year. And and as they moved to this different way of operating, um, they called it an order book they just made really terrible management decisions. They didn't implement it very well at all. It was very piecemeal. And at every stage, there were problems. And the, the further we got through the year, the more more difficult things became, really. So it was it was a very difficult 2020. And, and obviously, things got even worse in 2021. Football finance expert Kieran Maguire is able to take a more considered look. Ultimately, any business uh, will succeed or fail on its ability to generate revenues and control costs. Um, the, the the issues surrounding Football Index is that it its cost base seems to rise very, very quickly. It was involved with, uh, it had high profile ambassadors for the sport who would champion its virtues. Uh, it, it got involved with the, the football industry through front of shirt sponsorship deals with clubs in the English Football League. Um, and therefore, it had significant overheads, and it appeared to to generate money through um, charging a commission on on trades. Um, it looks as if that commission wasn't rising as quickly as the cost base, and certainly having had a cursory read of some of the investigations by the gambling authorities um, that there were warning signs for some time that the only way the business could potentially uh, grow and and survive and thrive was to increase the subscriber base, to increase the interest in it, which it was trying to do, one could say, through um, having a very aggressive marketing campaign, but that didn't come off, and, and therefore it was it was looking vulnerable for some time. And perhaps there were clues as to what was to come from Adam Cole himself. Remember, he founded the business in 2015. Here he is speaking again to the Football Index podcast. We've got a really significant number of open accounts. Not all of them. Um, are active in in one particular month. I would say that you know we have of all our open accounts, we have just under fifty percent who will buy a share in, in any one month. Um, so we're reminding those that may not be active, and they're people that we've acquired over the last four and a half years. But we're just reminding them to that, that we exist and that we're a very credible alternative to traditional betting. With only 50% of their user base active in any one month, the business model quickly became unsustainable. In March 2021, Football Index reduced the dividend payout from a maximum of 33 pence per share to just 6 pence per share. 
This reduced the value of all open bets and prompted a huge uproar from users who saw their portfolio valuation drop from as much as 50 to 90%. Then, on the 11th of March, the company ceased trading. The Gambling Commission suspended the operating licence of parent company Bet Index Limited. In a statement, their most recent, Football Index said that having consulted with external legal and financial advisors and the UK and Jersey Gambling Commissions, I should mention Football Index were based in Jersey, the decision has been made to suspend the platform. The statement acknowledged that the dividend changes had not been well received and so the company is pursuing a restructuring. As part of the process, the site's trading platform will be suspended and no trading, deposits or withdrawals will be possible. Mel remembers the moment she heard the news. I remember it very clearly. It was it was awful. It was a Friday night. I think it was about nine o'clock at night, which just in itself, I don't understand why they would do something like that. And they'd been telling us there was going to be a, a Q&A with the chief exec um, and the idea was this was going to be very positive. He had lots to tell us. And I was watching TV uh, with my wife and I saw a notification flash up on my phone. And I said, I just need to check this because it might be the Q&A. And I opened it and I and honest, honestly, my legs went weak. I felt very ill. <laughs> I cried. I cried quite a lot. It was quite traumatic, really. And I think for myself and for a lot of people, there was a real feeling of grief, actually, that we had to work through because this was something we'd had a, a huge involvement in. It had been a big part of our lives for a long time. And there's a whole community that's built up around this. And, and I was getting messages from a lot of people who were absolutely devastated, didn't know how they were going to tell their other half, just felt, you know, I, I don't. I don't want to say this lightly, but there were people who I was really concerned about their mental health, how this impacted on them. I remember speaking to your wife, I think it was about eight o'clock and she came downstairs and we had kind of an argument and I said to her, I've lost about nine and a half grand and she says, why? Because I nearly got her into, I've got my next door neighbour into as well. I've, I've talked quite, I've, you talk people into it. I mean, my best friend sold me, I sold my best, I sold my next door neighbour. Luckily, they lost about hundred quid, so it's not too bad for him. But I remember saying to her, I said, Jim, I've lost about nine and a half grand. I said, it's not my fault. And she read it all, I showed all the internet. I said, I've not lost it for a bad, bad bet. It's not like betting on a... Newcastle United to be Man City Man City's ground it's not that kind of stupid bet where you know you're going to lose your money I said I invested our money the kids money because we're supposed to get an extension that, that's not happening no more I said I invested the money for three years in players like Mason Greenwood Phil Ford and Jaden Sancho so in three years I could take it out and double triple your money and she, she says well what's happened I says well the money's gone Mel and Paul's experiences on that day were repeated many thousands of times over the company entered administration five days later, trapping an estimated £100 million in the platform. This figure makes Football Index at risk of becoming the biggest failure in UK gambling history. On the day the Gambling Commission suspended FI's parent company's licence to trade, they said in a statement that it followed an ongoing Section 116 review into the operator, adding... We have made it clear to the operator that as the investigation progresses, we expect it to focus on treating consumers fairly and keeping them fully informed of any developments which impact them. In fact, the Gambling Commission had been investigating Football Index since May 2020. 
Matt Zarb-Cousin is the director of Clean Up Gambling, a campaign pushing for a government review into gambling laws in the UK. They were warned in quite, quite some detail in January 2020 that the structure may be unsustainable. Uh, they, they, they were actually explicitly warned that it was a pyramid-like structure. And as a result of that, they commenced an investigation five months later in May. From the time the investigation started to the moment their license was suspended because they'd gone into administration, Football Index were putting out communiques that suggested that they were incredibly uh, doing incredibly well, encouraging people to invest more. I, I think they licensed the product they didn't fully understand. This is because either they're under-resourced, they lack the expertise, or they are completely driven as a regulator by this policy of growing the gambling sector and innovating. And that comes first. And if there's a new innovation, we'll license it and we'll ask questions later. And now the matter has even been raised in Parliament. My name is Patricia Gibson, MP for North Ayrshire and Arran constituency. Speaking to me from her parliamentary office just after dinner time last Tuesday, she explained that even in her constituency on the rural west coast of Scotland, she knew people impacted by the football index collapse. I have constituents who contacted me about this. Um, some of them have lost significant sums of money and were in a state of shock, a state of anger, and felt very, very let down and didn't quite know where to go, what to do about it. Um, so they raised their concerns with me. I did a bit of background reading and I was quite appalled by what I had read um, about the way that this situation has arisen, about the red flags that had been raised in the past. And apparently, um, for reasons that are not yet clear, the Gambling Commission um, only revoked the licence of this um, football um, index when they went into administration. But before that, there was lots of clues and lots of signs that things weren't right. And it seems to me that a lot of people have lost money that they need not have lost had the Gambling Commission been more robust in its oversight. 24 hours after speaking to Patricia, she lodged an early day motion in the House of Commons calling for an independent inquiry into the Football Index scandal and the failings of the Gambling Commission. On that point another document recently emerged. The Guardian have seen a report authored by betting industry experts who wish to remain anonymous that was sent to the Gambling Commission in January 2020. It's the one Matt referenced earlier, which suggested that football indexes deliberate imitation of an investment product has led to unparalleled levels of irresponsible gambling behaviour from tens of thousands of users misled into believing they are investing rather than gambling, with little or no consideration that all of their money is at risk. For their part, the Gambling Commission say they suspended the licence on the 11th of March 2021, as that was the first point where they had sufficient evidence to demonstrate that suspension was necessary. On this podcast, we've spoken many times about investing, the safeguards which should be in place, and the need to be vigilant and informed about where you're putting your money. If these people had been investing, 
then the Financial Conduct Authority could have stepped in, perhaps prevented the major financial losses. But the people at the heart of this story weren't involved in investing. There are, therefore, questions for the Gambling Commission and the Department of Culture, Media and Sport to answer. You've got a government department and a regulatory framework that really looks down its nose at gamblers. They know what they're getting themselves in for. That's that's their problem. They shouldn't have done it. Silly. Well, if you think it's silly, if you think they shouldn't have done it, then why are you letting them advertise? Why are you even legitimising this activity as, as if it's a, a leisure activity? Why is it everywhere? You can't have it both ways. If you're going to legalise something and legitimise it, which, by the way, I think is the best way forward, I think it's better to have something that's legal and regulated than you know, than only an illegal supply where there's no protection. If you're going to do that, though, you have to put the safeguards in place. There is potentially some good news for those involved. After I'd spoken to Matt, John Whittingdale MP, Minister of Media and Data, made a statement this week in which he revealed that the Department of Digital, Culture, Media and Sport will appoint an independent expert to conduct a review of the regulation of the Football Index gambling product, up to the point where its operator's licence was suspended in March, and that it would make recommendations to government and the regulators. To finish, let's hear again from our anonymous trader someone with first-hand experience of the investment world and a football index. I think one thing that is quite, uh, I, I'll say irritating about this whole fallout is um, I think some of the reactions from outsiders uh, are to look at this and go, look at these idiots, these like reckless uh, sort of degenerate gamblers putting all this money into a fictitious stock market. Like what do they expect kind of thing? Like who puts you know whatever 10 grand 20 30 grand into into this what who would do that and i can see why you might come to that conclusion but it's not quite as simple as that there are a number of people within this uh product the community if you like as it's kind of referred to um who are from very good backgrounds very intelligent people from very credible jobs who haven't uh sort of come off a football index and suddenly they're, they're on on Skybet, putting hundreds of pounds onto accumulators. Many people, from what I've spoken to, haven't even placed a bet since this has fallen apart. So what lessons can we all learn from what's happened? For people looking at investment product, or this is an investment product, you can't look at it as an investment product, but what you can accept is that in the current climate we're in, um, where interest rates are all-time lows, your you know best cash ISA might be a 0.4% at the moment, people are looking for alternative ways to make their money work and they are more likely to take on certain risks. So you've seen crypto in the last few months, people have jumped on Bitcoin. People are looking for alternative things to, to put their money into and there's no problem with that, but just make sure you know what it is you're getting into. And the problem is, and and, I, and and this is kind of my mentality going forward now that you just have to live with is, you can't necessarily trust what you're being told by companies. I'm sure people would point to the, the banking crisis of, of 0809 and say, bankers failed failed them and their money and, and their investments then you, wherever you put your money is your decision but there's always going to be an element of trust in that the person you're giving that money to or the place you're leaving that money with is going to be doing what they they say they are and in football index's case they have completely deceived and lied to their user base and that is that is the biggest problem here wherever you put your money is ultimately down to you investigate what it is you're putting it into and know the risks you're um you're potentially running.
Huge thanks to Rob Lilly for his investigation. Now, before we finish today's episode, I should say that last week we contacted both Football Index and their founder, Adam Cole, to comment on what you've heard in this podcast. We're yet to receive a response from Adam Cole, but Begbie's trainer, the court-appointed administrators involved in the case, did send us a statement on behalf of Football Index. In it, they say... The administrators of Bet Index, the operating company of Football Index, were appointed for the primary purpose of trying to secure the rescue of the company as a going concern. To date, we have been working in courts in several different jurisdictions in order to solve initial issues that have arisen. In addition, we continue to work with the board of Bet Index and the other group companies on proposals for a voluntary arrangement and are in discussions with several parties for funding and or investment that would hopefully take the platform forward for a successful relaunch. As would be expected, these discussions are subject to confidentiality restrictions and as such, we can't disclose more at this time. Ultimately, we are working towards a relaunch of the platform and a financial return to customers and creditors. And that's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Witch Money Podcast. If you've been affected by anything you've heard in this episode, then the charity GamCare is the leading UK provider of free information, advice and support for anyone harmed by gambling. You can call them for free on 0808 8020 or visit GAM, that's gamcare.org.uk. If you've got a comment or question on anything we've mentioned today, please let us know in the comments wherever you're listening to the podcast or on social media at Witch Money. And for more money news and advice, head to witch.co.uk forward slash money. This episode of the Witch Money podcast was produced and edited by Rob Lilly with additional supports from Ian Aikman and Kim Carver. <laughs>